You are listening to WERALP Arlington 96.7 FM. Is music playing? Is music playing? Yo, talk no, about something or nothing at all, right? Miss Sky Kiss on top of the list. I got your mind on the things that gets this and dismissed. And dismissed. And dismissed. Yo, talk about something or nothing at all. Stop ignoring signs and answer the call. Miss Sky Kiss on top of the list. I got your mind on the things that gets this and dismissed. Hot topics and fun, entertainment like. Please tell me why you're in your mama's basement, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that hurt my throat. Y'all know me sitting here swinging my dreads. Miss Sky Kiss on top of the list. I got your mind on the things that gets dissed and dismissed. Miss Sky Kiss on top of the list. I got your mind on the things that gets dissed and dismissed. Also, new school, I got all the tools. So open your mind and see me do what I do. Also, new school. Okay. 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 That's fine. Good morning and welcome to In Transition. I'm your host, Adele Sky Kissed Coleman. I hope that you had a great week. Um, you know, it's it's been a lot kind of happening in the news. It's been a lot, you know, going on. So I'm thankful that you guys were able to check me out, um, you know, this Saturday morning and, you know, join me for In Transition. If this is your first time hearing In Transition, if this is your first time checking out In Transition, In Transition is a show where we have various phases in life that we talk to and we often feature guests to help you get through those various transitions. So this week, we're definitely not we're going to continue with it. And of course, you know, we have to honor, um, you know, you know, we have to definitely make sure that we honor our fathers today. We have a lot of things to cover today, a lot of, you know, things to touch on. Um, so I thank you for joining me again. My name is Adele Sky Kiss Coleman, and you are listening to In Transition on WERALP Arlington 96.7 FM. You know, we are a social media heavy show, so you can follow me on Facebook.com backslash Sky Kissed, S-K-Y-K-I-S-S-E-D, S-K-Y-K-I-S-S-E-D, or you can follow me on Twitter at Sky Kissed, S-K-Y-K-I-S-S-E-D. We have a very interesting show for you today. First, I wanted to take a moment to honor those um, to people who may not be familiar. Um, today is the anniversary, the what, the two-year now anniversary of the Charleston church shooting. Um, the Charleston church shooting was a mass shooting um, that took place June 17, 2015 um, at Emmanuel African Methodist Episcopal Church in downtown Charleston, um, South Carolina, where Dylan Roof entered the church while they were having Bible study and, you know, shot the church. And unfortunately, it left nine people dead and one person injured. Now, you know, I try to start off each show with a good news story, but, you know, I could not let today pass without taking a moment to honor, you know, those people who unfortunately lost their lives in an act of hatred. Um, and as Dylan Roof was quoted saying he wanted to start a race war. I know times are tense, but, you know, we can overcome and be better. And it doesn't have to be that way. But like I said, I like to start each week with a good news story. So I'm going to do just that along hands with the Charleston shooting. You're like, how in the world can you make that into a good news story? Well, here's how. Chris Singleton. His mother was a Charleston shooting victim. And this week he was drafted by the Chicago Cubs. 
The new Cubs outfielder lost his mother, Sharonda Coleman Singleton, in the racially motivated mass shooting at a South Carolina church in 2015. On Wednesday, the Chicago Cubs officially drafted outfielder Chris Singleton from Charleston, South Carolina. As fate would have it, this joyous news comes just one day before the two-year anniversary of his mother's murder. Sharonda Coleman Singleton was one of the nine victims brutally killed at the hands of shooter Dylan Roof in the racially motivated attack at Emmanuel African Methodist Church in Charleston, South Carolina on June 15, 2015. Coleman Singleton was a 45-year-old high school track and field coach and a preacher for the church. She left behind Chris and his two younger siblings, Cameron and Caleb. At his mother's funeral, Singleton, then a baseball player at Charleston Southern University, said he'd spoken to his mother by phone while she was at Bible study. He had called back to ask where she had hidden the remote control in their house. She whispered that it was in the closet, tucked away so his little brother would not play too many video games. If we just love the way my mom would, then the hate won't be nearly as strong as the love is, Singleton said at the funeral. Two years have passed with Singleton left to take care of his siblings, but Wednesday afternoon, there was good news. The defending World Series champions called Singleton as the 585th draft pick during the 19th run of the MLB draft. The Cubs' decision comes just after Singleton finished his junior season at CSU, starting in all 51 games, recording 18 steals, 38 runs scored, and four home runs. You know, I'm just so happy to hear, you know, a happy and new beginning, not happy ending, a new beginning for this young man, you know, who lost his mom and he also had lost his father earlier in life. So he was the one that was the breadwinner taking care of his family. And actually he was sent was cleaning pools to take care of his, his siblings when he got the news that um, he was drafted as a cub and he had started his own business pool cleaning with one of his friends. And, you know, it just kind of shows this young man's sustainability and that, you know, even through darkness, you know, he found the light. So I just really, really appreciate the story. The story touched my heart. Um, you could check out more on my Facebook.com um, backslash Sky Kiss page. Um, and you'll see the article there. And it's just so empowering because, unfortunately, you know, today is the anniversary, the two year anniversary of of the Charleston shooting, but it doesn't have to necessarily be for all bad and, and negative and everything. It's okay because, you know, we do have a redeeming moment with this young man now being able to play for the Cubs and sustain and take care of his family. So we're going to take a quick break. Um, when we return, we'll start our conversation with Tracy Brame. Um, she's from Indianapolis. She graduated from the U.S. Military Academy at West Point with a degree in political science. Then she was earned, has earned her dual master's degree from the Kelly School of Business and the Th Thunderbird School of Global Management. She's the owner of West Point Financing and e Equipping Leasing Company and has devoted her life to exposing modern coercive methods of the Ku Klux Klan. She's joined us to discuss uh, PTSD was disassociative, disassociative amnesia and share her story and how she was affected by dis, disassociative amnesia. I'm sorry. It's a very interesting word to have to say. And she joins us to talk about her book, Undeterred, KKK Target, KKK Witness. Um, while enrolled at the United States Military Academy at West Point, New York, Tracy Brain was violently assaulted by a male officer suffering from both post-traumatic stress disorder and a crippling dangerous memory loss known as disassoci disassociative amnesia brain remained in proximity to her assailant after west point 
Both she and her aggressor were stationed at Fort Bragg, a proximity that proved too close for comfort. She moved back to her home state of Indiana, where she made public her interest in entering politics and immediately faced hatred, harm, and a hunt from the Ku Klux Klan, who did not want an educated African-American woman holding public office. The Klan is embedded at the highest levels of Indiana's medicine, education, business, political, and social structures. Um, the modern harassment tactics include a re revelatory collection of organized crimes designed to hunt and injure women, minorities, and men outside of their group. Two grand dragons, both doctors, order such crimes against Brame, who never chose her obstacles, but as a role model to all women, she's resiliently willing to overcome. So we're gonna have her talk about and help us understand what disassociative amnesia is, share her story and her transition in getting through, and just talk a little bit about her book. And then later on, we're gonna start you know, giving a shout out to our fathers. You can write us on facebook.com backslash skykiss and let us know what are some of your favorite Father's Day tunes. I know there are not, there's not a song. Do you know a song? There's not a song that's dedicated to fathers. Like, you know, our boys to men has mama. They don't have nothing that's daddy. They don't have that. So we're just gonna ask you guys, what are your dad's favorite songs? So we're gonna take a quick break. Um, and when we return, we're gonna begin our discussion with Tracy Brain.
Welcome back to In Transition. You are listening to WERA LP Arlington 96.7 FM. I am your host, Adele Sky Kiss Coleman, and we wanted to play, you know, just a little bit of Marvin Gaye. I don't feel like you can go wrong with that, um, you know. I think it was about to go into what's going on. Um, we'll play that for you a little bit later um, today. Um, but once again, this is Adele Sky Kiss Coleman on In Transition. You can follow me on In Transition, um, Facebook.com backslash In Transition. <coughs> Sorry. I just kind of came out of nowhere. Um, Facebook.com backslash In Transition. And definitely check us out um, and, and, you know, join us on there. Um, so... You know, we're about to be joined with author Tracy Brame. She's joining us to discuss disassociative amnesia and PTSD, um, which is a rare disassociative am- PTSD with those disassociative amnesia. It's rare, dangerous version of PTSD that affects civilians as well. You know, it's interesting because a lot of people often say that they're not sure um, that they have PTSD or it's always something that is directly affected or only People who serve in the military can have disassociative amnesia. Yeah, well, that as well as PTSD. But it's definitely something that impacts civilians. And we're all, she's also going to join us to discuss her book, Undeterred, um, you, um, the KKK Target, KKK Witness. Um, while enrolled at the United States Military Academy at West Point, Tracy Brain was violently assaulted by a male officers suffering from both post-traumatic stress disorder and a crippling dangerous memory loss known as disassociative amnesia. Um, she joins us to discuss that journey, her book, and everything that we discuss. So I'm just going to go straight on to Tracy Brain. Welcome, Tracy. Thank you for joining us. Hey, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I'm glad you're able to join us because, you know, I'm just 
it's it's a lot <laughs> to I don't say digest, but you know you you have have lived through a lot of things, and you know to be able to to share your story is very admirable. I am uh, grateful to share my story. Most people who have seen the side of the KKK that I've seen have not lived tell their story. Very true. So I am, I am sort of a, an antique of sorts to be <laughs> able to talk about my my story. So, could you tell us about, first, could you tell us a little bit of your background before we go into your story? Okay. Um, I'm originally from Indianapolis. I graduated from the United States Military Academy at West Point with the class of 1992. Um, And uh, since then, I've earned two dual master's degrees uh, in other subjects. But what happened to me was I was attacked at West Point and uh, it caused PTSD or post-traumatic stress disorder, which is a is a is a disease where your brain blocks uh, can block the the trauma that you went through. It's very dangerous because you don't recognize your attacker. Literally, mm. someone can attack you. You fall on the floor, stand back up, and you don't remember who hit you. Oh wow! Um, it's that it's that sudden, and it, it and that short time span it's that immediate and it's very it's very dangerous um the kkk is uh prone to cause trauma in people uh to cause ptsd in people just by the way they are and the way they treat people and what happened was when they realized that i had ptsd it was game on for them i mean they just they they could not they got addicted to hurting me uh, over and over again and I, I dealt with it for, for years, actually. It took some time for my body and my brain to overcome the damage that they had done to me. And what happened was uh, um, when I got better, I, I, I wrote the book. And that's what the book... Uh, the book is very uh, interesting in that it, it talks specifically about tactics. So not only am I saying, oh, the KKK is such bad guys. <laughs> they are. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is these are their tactics. This is how they lure women. This is how they lure businessmen. And I go through detail of of how they do things and how they uh, they hurt people. Um, and they they don't really want that news on the street. Mm-hmm. They want to be, you know, they want to be uh, unknown and in silence. And I name them. I name them just outright, and uh, and I make it known what they're doing. And so, from that perspective, the book is a good book for PTSD people. It's a good book. Undeterred is a good book for women, especially because they're really after women. Um, it's kind of creepy the way they're after women, <laughs> to be honest with you. Uh, and I, I, it's it's a good book for males and females to read. Mm-hmm. Undeterred. KKK target, KKK witness. So when you, you when you were diagnosed with PTSD, that was from when you were serving. Um, I was not diagnosed yet because PTSD has different strands, and the strand that I have is the dangerous one, which is includes the amnesia. So even though I was at West Point, I was in shock at West Point. I couldn't communicate about the attack because um, my brain is blocked 
And that's, that's what's dangerous about it. That's when you stand up and you don't recognize your attacker. You also can't then prosecute him. You know, um, it's just a very strange and, and dangerous form of PTSD that mm-hmm. I have. Um, so I actually, when I got out of the military, um, I kept having symptoms, like you're fatigued. And I, when I mean fatigue, Adele, I don't mean that you're, you're tired and you need a nap. I mean, you're so fatigued, you can barely, you barely get to your room and then the bed looks far away. I mean, you just almost crawl. Oh, wow. And you can't pull yourself into the bed. You are fatigued. It's a, it's a very serious uh, thing. You're fatigued. Um, you're numb. And these are things, these are feelings that people with PTSD naturally have. It doesn't have to be as severe as mine. You can have a car accident and have trauma uh, or see somebody die or lose a loved one or get cancer nowadays. Cancer can cause PTSD. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of... There's a lot of different ways people arrive at the disease. Um, and after I got out of the military and came back to Indiana, that's when the VA diagnosed me with PTSD. You know, I, I appreciate you kind of breaking it down like that as well, because, you know, people often say or feel that only those with PTSD have served. And, you know, there are other, like you said, there are multiple strands and different triggers and everything. And it's not just something that you only can have from serving. But, you know, I know in, in hearing your story and a lot of things that we discussed, even when I met you, you know, you, you, you've gone through a lot of things that, you know, not only associated with the PTSD, but, you know, disassociative amnesia. Um, could you tell us a little bit about your time at Fort Bragg um, and, and what, what that experience was for you? Um, I was at Fort Bragg, and I was a lieutenant. And it, for me, there's two there's two things. There's two stories. As far as suffering from PTSD, I was numb. Uh, I was fatigued. Uh, I had uh, symptoms of PTSD. But on the other side, um, I kept fighting. My, my bosses knew I had PTSD. Hmm. Um, they They knew that. But they couldn't, you can't convince somebody that they have PTSD. They have to seek help themselves. You can't sit them in the doctor's office and say, tell her this, tell the doctor that. You know, you can't do that. They, they, the PTSD sufferer has to seek help or else you can have an intervention of sorts. But really, they still have to seek help and be willing to uh, sit through therapy and, 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 and all the help that goes along with having the disease. So when I was at Fort Bragg, I was climbing up the ranks. I was probably the number one lieutenant in personnel. Mm-hmm. I had all the great positions that the number one lieutenant would have. Uh, I worked for the colonels and generals. Um, I wasn't down in the in the trenches with other lieutenants. I was actually on on staff and uh, making doing projects and and research to to help the colonels and the generals. So I was doing extremely well. It's just that with PTSD, it's, it's what, Adele, it's like drag on a ship. When a ship goes through water, the water itself creates drag and slows the ship down. Mm-hmm. Even though the ship is going as fast as it can, there's always it's always slower because of that drag. And PTSD is like drag on a ship. You go fast. I mean, you, your brain, your inte- your intellect, everything is still intact. You're still smart. You're still you're still assertive, 
you still speak well, but you have this drag that other people don't have on you with the fatigue. And the fatigue gets crippling at times. It, I mean, like I said, you can see your bedroom, go in your bedroom and see your bed and not be able to make it to it. It's just, you just, I mean, you fall asleep on the floor. It's just exhausting to get to the bed. So, you know, as we, as we go through your journey at Fort Bragg, I mean, I know from um, your book, Undeterred KKK Target, um, KKK Witness, um, and you know, as you're you're moving up the ranks and, you know, you're you're living with PTSD, well, functioning in a way. Um, and like you said, you can have an intervention, but, it, it, you know, it's, it's still it takes a moment or even for you to, to realize that you have it. And, and it's interesting because you're still able to function. Um, I know in your book you were saying how you were violently assaulted um, by a male officer. And then, you know, when you were able to get out, when you were you were out of the service, right, when you were running for public office. Um, and came, I guess, face-to-face -face with the Ku Klux Klan? I was, uh, what happened was, uh, in the military, I decided to get out after I took my commission. And um, Pfizer Pharmaceuticals is the one who, or is the company that brought me back home to Indiana. I'm from Indiana, and I live here now. And the... Uh, I was in southern Indiana, which I had never been there before. And so the KKK is headquartered in Bloomington, Indiana. Hmm. They are southern Indiana. I mean, it's really, it's I'd say 80% of the doctors that I called on were KKK. It's that bad. Wow. And so, and so what you see is you see the Center for Leadership Development will say that there's 6,000 KKK members across the country. And I'm here to tell you, there's 6,000 KKK members on the east side of Bloomington. Mm. It's, it's that bad. It's, it's really highly populated by the Klan. And so what happened was I was a drug rep or a pharmaceutical rep for Pfizer, and a doctor called me in his office and told me to quit. Oh, and I wow. said, I just got here. I just got here. And he said, you're just leaving. And I said, why? He said, because you're not going to make it here. We don't want the likes of you as a drug rep telling us what medicines we should be using. But this is very key to the, to the Klan. They don't like black people or Hispanics or Catholics or Jewish people or other people who aren't them. They don't like people except for themselves. But to have a female minority educate them on anything is a bone of contention for the Klan. Mm. That is like a double no. It's already you're a minority, but then you're you're less than a man in that you're a female minority, and that really hurts them. I mean, it makes their skin crawl. They 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 they're so prejudiced they can't handle that, and mm -hmm. so they wanted me to quit. And when I didn't quit, uh, it was game on to try to make me quit. Right. And and. I still didn't quit, and but every tactic that they use to make me quit is good for your listeners. It's good for them to see the tactics I live through, so that they'll know if something's happening to them. They'll mm -hmm. understand. Wait a minute. This is sort of what happened with Tracy with the KKK. Maybe are they targeting me? I mm -hmm. mean, how, you, you'll see that in the book, and it'll help your, your listeners. <coughs> 
or readers understand what their tactics are because their tactics are subversive. Uh, they're they're slow to hit you, but when they hit you, they hit you hard. Right. And I think one of the interesting things that you said is, you know, it's not... You know, when people think of the Ku Klux Klan, you know, we often, you know, think about the hoods and everything like that. Not saying that still isn't out there, but then, you know, for you to say how it's something that's embedded, like medicine, education, business, politics, social structures, it's, it's, it's strategy. You know, we've always kind of known about how, you know, since like the days of Dr. King, the KKK infiltrated, you know, police, you know, you know different laws you know laws um police officers and you know different faculties that you know govern and you know control the population but it's interesting that you're kind of pointing out that that's something that exists not just in like policing the streets but you know on the business side and everything to kind of block anything that you may be doing and more it is they they pretty much uh in southern indiana they run um a society separate than u.s society they are grouped to the point where they control jobs, they control promotions, they want their their members' nephew to have a certain job, and he gets it. Um, they uh, and it's infiltrated medicine in that uh, it's easy for a doctor in Bloomington, Indiana, to have a segregated practice. Mm. Wow, it's, it's easy. Because what happens is when you walk in or I walk in and ask to be, to, to be helped, they turn us away and give a list of other doctors in the area whose practices are, quote, open. Theirs is now closed. And so you have to pick from that list, and that list is the, is, uh, the list includes the doctors who will touch a minority because the KKK doesn't want to. Mm. Wow. Yeah, Tracy, hey, this is Mike. Um, I've got a question. You were talking about your fighting spirit, and I guess even the title of where, where the title of your book comes from, Undeterred. Um, would you say that, like, what, what would you say gave you that fighting spirit to kind of keep pushing and keep put not not just against them, but even, you know, in some of the personal struggles you were dealing with with PTSD and other things? For me, it's, it's strange. One of the first things I do every day is I look out the window and I check out the clouds. Now, some days you don't get clouds, but even on most days, even though I live in Indiana and we've got all the problems in the world, uh, <laughs> um, there, there are clouds. And the clouds mm. remind me of where my grandparents and my mother are. Mm. Um, and so what happens is uh, that gives me it gives me hope because I was raised in a family, Pentecostal preacher, his wife, my grand my grandparents raised me, and they raised me well. Yeah. They raised me to follow rules. They, the rules were there to protect us. Mm. If you think about our race, rules in this country are are here to protect us. They haven't taken them back, but they gave rules to protect us. So in my in our in our life, rules in my upbringing, the rules were there to protect you. And Pentecostalism, there's a lot of rules. Women, back in the 70s, uh, women could not wear uh, pants or jeans or anything. We had no right. skirts, no makeup. And we couldn't wear anybody else's husband. We had to wear our own husband. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and, so, and so that's the way Pentecostalism is. It's a, it's a very strict religion. 
when I went to West Point, I felt like I was at home. Uh, when I was at, I went to Duke for one year before West Point, and uh, I, I felt like I was, I was just in another in another universe. Just the, with the behavior and everything, people were doing different things, and it wasn't that those those kids or those young people were bad. It was just that I was different. When I got to West Point, I was at home because we had lots of rules and regulations. We followed them. We we obeyed them. We respected each other, and we were able to graduate. And so, for me, I'm undeterred because of the way I was raised, the way I was educated at West Point. Mm-hmm. And none of that's left me, even though I had PTSD for years and struggled for years. You know, most people who have PTSD kind of get over it in a couple months. It's it's the in World War One and World War Two, ten years after the wars, there were people at an institution in France who were still suffering PTSD from the war. Mm-hmm. And my my experience was much like theirs in that it took 10 years for me to come out of shock about the brutal attack at West Point. And when I did, uh, I started getting better, but then I also had to come out of shock about everything that the KKK had done as well. Mm-hmm. So it took me a little bit of time to get over it, but I'm still undeterred because I feel great. I feel, and this is this is a testament to people who have the disease. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a dark time to have the disease, mm-hmm. but it doesn't change. It doesn't change you unless you change you. It, the disease doesn't change you. You just go through a horrific time with the disease, and then you get better. You mm-hmm. have to get better um, a couple ways. You have to see a psychiatrist uh, who will diagnose you, and then you also have to see a psychologist who will talk through the trauma with you. That is, I can't express that enough. It's, you have to talk through the trauma that mm-hmm. caused you problems. It's called, uh, it's called CBT, um, or Cognitive Behavioral Therapy. There's mm-hmm. two different types. You have to go through that experience in order to get over it, or else you'll keep having every, the things that trigger you feel bad with PTSD or trigger you to go backwards will always trigger you to go backwards and you'll never really be better you'll just be living with the disease for the rest of your life mm-hmm. right and so you have to you have to get that treatment you have to have that and there's various types of treatment it's just that um, one of them has to work for you you know, I appreciate you sharing that because that was going to be my next question is like, you know, what were some tips you would give for, you know, people who might feel like they might have it or may have just recently got diagnosed and, you know, understanding it and, and how to come out, you know, as much as well as one can and, you know, be kind of get back to you and, and find yourself on the other side of it. And so I definitely appreciate you for sharing that. Um, once again, we're talking with Tracy Brame, author of Undeterred, KKK Target, KKK Witness. Can you tell our listeners where to find you if they have questions, as well as where to locate your book? Um, yes. Uh, my my book is on my website, which is Tracy Brame, T-R-A-C-E-Y-B-R-A-M-E.com. Um, so my book is on my website. And then to contact me, I have a contact page. You can you can contact me, um, and uh, 
I'm actually working on a on a free gift to give people when they contact me. But if you contact me, I will put you on that list and get that free gift back out to you um, to help you uh, understand um, KKK tactics. Well, I appreciate you, and I thank you for joining us today. And I definitely hope you'll join us again to talk even, you know, deeper deeper on PTSD and just understanding the KKK aggression and, you know, just being a military veteran and understanding PTSD. So I definitely thank you for joining us today. Hey, thank you very much. I'm glad to be here, and I'll come back and talk um, at any time, uh, especially um, it might be a good time to talk when uh, I'm doing a video that... Uh, demonstrates the manner in which the KKK invades houses. And when I get that video complete, I can come back and talk to you and educate your audience on how they can protect themselves. For sure. Definitely. Please keep in touch and let us know. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye. So once again, that was Tracy Brame. You can check out her website at T-R-A-C-E-Y-B-R-A-M-E.com. Tracy brame.com tracybrame.com and definitely get her book it's, it's very powerful and riveting um undeterred kkk target kkk witness and understanding you know check it out understand have a better understanding of ptsd and dissociative amnesia and just like like she said it's not just what you expect with the hoods and everything with the kkk is they're on higher levels and in, in business politics and social structures in our communities you never know, so just be aware. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be back right after this. Felt my heart melt, cause I knew I loved you more than life itself. Into my knees, and I begged the Lord, please let me be a good daddy. All he needs love, knowledge, discipline too. I pledge my life to you. Trust the two of us. We can make it if we try. Just me and you. Just me and you. Just the two of us. I look at you, I think, man, a little me, just like me. Wait and see, gonna be tall, makes me laugh, cause you got your dad's ears and all. Sometimes I wonder what you gonna be. A general, a doctor, maybe an MC. I wanna kiss you all the time, but I will test that butt when you cut out a line. True that, uh-uh-uh, why you do that? I try to be a tough dad, but you be making me laugh. Crazy joy, when I see the eyes of my baby boy. I pledge to you, I will always do everything I can. Show you how to be a man. Dignity, integrity, honor, and I don't mind if you lose long as you came with it. And you can cry, ain't no shame in it. It didn't work out with me and your mom, but yo, push come to shove, you was conceived in love. So if the world attacks and you slide off track, remember one fact, I got your back. Uh. Just the two of us, we can make it if we try. Uh, just me and you, just me and you, against the world. Time job to be a good dad. You got so much more stuff than I had. I gotta study just to keep with the changing times. 101 Dalmatians on your CD rhyme. See me, I'm trying to pretend I know on my PC where that CD go. But yo, ain't nothing promised. One day I'll be gone. Feel the strife, but trust life does go on. But just in case, it's my place to impart. One day some girl's gonna break your heart. And who ain't no pain 
like from the opposite sex Gonna hurt bad, but don't take it out on the next, son Throughout life, people will make you mad Disrespect you and treat you bad Let God deal with the things they do Cause hate in your heart will consume you too Always tell the truth, say your prayers Hold doors, pull out chairs, easy on the swears You live and prove that dreams come true I love you and I'm here for you Just the two of us Just me and you, just me and you Welcome back to In Transition. You are listening to WERA LP Arlington 96.7 FM. You know, I think you did a good job, um, MD, in, in trying to find a daddy song. You know, I, I forgot that, you know, Will Smith did that. Yeah. When That's his what I'm here for. son was born? Yeah, it was, Jaden was in that. He looked like he was like maybe four or five years old. Oh, well, there you go. Now he's an old man. Now he's an old man. <laughs> So we know that, you know, Father's Day is approaching us, as in, like, you know, tomorrow. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's so interesting, you know, to, to see, you know, kind of people sharing their dads. And like I said, the same thing for Mother's Day, you know, no shame in, in sharing your dad. Um, but, you know, please be mindful because some people don't have their fathers or, you know, their fathers may have passed on. And sometimes it's very traumatic for people who you know, who parent is absent or may have passed away mm-hmm. or father-like figure has passed away. So if you know someone who has gone through that, definitely make sure you check in on them as well, you know, because I am blessed enough to have my dad, but my mom passed away. And Mother's Day um, is extremely, extremely hard, you know, for me. So yeah, I, right. I understand it's twofold um, that if, you know, I understand that it's twofold that if, you know, you've lost your dad on Father's Day, mm-hmm. I'd imagine that looking everywhere and seeing Father's Day cards and pictures, it can, all be, in, challenging. It, it can be challenging yeah. and, and overwhelming. I think for me, I, it, it's, it was very, it, it, Mother's Day is very overwhelming. Yeah. Um, but I started by saying also people who father may be absent and it's an ongoing conversation I often see in um, around me is about it was a card that was released last year from Mahogany. Mahogany is a card company that is an extension of Hallmark. Yes. Um, and it's, it's I Urban. guess it'll be more focused on African-American families. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's fair to say. Um, but they had a card that said, to mom on Father's Day. Mm. And it actually sparked a huge debate. Should single mothers mm. get Father's Day cards? Should single mothers get, yeah, should they get the same treatment that you would give your father? Should they get that acknowledgement wow. on Father's Day? Wow. I don't know. It is it is a growing debate. I remember a couple of years ago, um, President Obama even mentioned that during a Father's Day special that he was having at the White House. I think cause it was one of his first. It may have been like 2010 or 11. And... Um, I don't know. It it is definitely out there, and this is not at all to demean 
the contributions of single mothers, right. not just in the African American community, but in everywhere. all communities. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh-huh. like speaking of president, single mothers, like President Obama, you know, yeah. speaking of him, he, he was raised by a single mother. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, single mothers, it's, it's tough because they do both jobs right. in a lot of ways. Right. You know, and they have it harder than most. But, you know, when you really kind of think about it, I guess it, in in a lot of ways it depends on the situation and it just depends on who you kind of recognize because you got to kind of think about it. Even when the biological father is in the kid's life, there are some situations where they may be in their life, but, you know, a, a kid or a person sees someone else as a father figure more than their actual father. So if that happens to be their mother, I mean, hey. You, yeah, but isn't that what Mother's Day is for? Hmm. <laughs> Just to be the contrarian. It Mother's Day is for that. I will agree. Maybe it, you you maybe in a situation like that you still give some type of recognition on Father's Day, like, "Hey, mom." I so, pre- but then why don't we see on Mother's Day mm-hmm. to you, Father, on uh, Mother's Day? You see what I'm saying? Because there are single fathers. Very who are true. raising their children and you don't see you know why such a focus mm-hmm. on mother's day to i'm sorry on father's day to acknowledge moms but not the other way around you don't see on mothers i've never seen a, a, a card on mother's day to say to you dad on mother's day very true and maybe this is why we need a national campaign for parents day <laughs> just 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 <laughs> remove it all <laughs> Make it general. Right, because then it's going to be like, for Grandparents Day, yeah. should, you know, a grandparent, uh, is, yeah. you know, it can See, get so great, yeah, exactly. you know. To me, exactly. the way I feel is that, no, and, and you know, everyone kind of knows my business. You know, I, I divorced and, you know, for a long time I've been a single parent mm-hmm. and I don't expect anything, even though my daughter is, is three and she's been making stuff at her daycare um, for Father's Day mm-hmm. since she's been able to put her hand in some paint and on a piece of paper. Um, and I didn't keep any of them. I actually yeah. gave one to my dad who she was, you know, identifying as a father figure. Right. I gave one to her dad, even though he's pretty absent at times, you know, yeah. but for me, it, it wasn't for me, you know, and it doesn't take away from anything that I've done. It doesn't make me feel slighted in any way. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it makes him feel good, which is fine, but it doesn't I don't want to say I don't care, but I acknowledge that, you know, every day for me is Mother's Day. Yeah. You know, like yes. I get to spend all this time with my little munchkin. Every day for me is Mother's Day. Right. Right. And so I I think, you know, quite honestly, like you said, these holidays are kind of meant to encourage appreciation and family time. and Exactly. Closeness. Like you said, every day is Mother's Day. That's. That's a new mantra, I like. Yeah, and Father's Day. Yeah, exactly. I don't. I just. I just personally feel like it. It should not. I just don't want to take away from dads. You know, right. there are some honorable dads, and I'm not saying necessarily honoring your mom on Father's Day takes away from your dad. But I just, you know, I get it. I, I did. I. I was blessed enough to not be raised in a single parent home. But as a single parent, I could see, you know, why I'm like, dang, you know, I do everything I should be celebrated today too. But to me, I would just rather just, you know, let it be. Yeah. If they do something great, if not, cool. You know, I still get my time with my child. I feel like I don't want to take away. You know, I think that a, a bigger effort should be made that 
a father is not necessarily the person who took place in helping to conceive the child. A father figure is the person who helped raise the child, rear the child, Very and teach true. the child things. So for when Athena was like two and she looked at my dad as a fatherly figure, you know, it's not necessarily saying that that's her dad. It's just saying that that's a male in her life that she appreciates. So let's celebrate them. And I know it's more limitations than others. Some people don't have any male figures in their lives, exactly. you know. But like one thing that I could take from my dad, on Mother's Day, my dad used to bring me a flower. He'd be like, wow. happy future Mother's Day. Like, oh, you're not wow. a mom no time soon. But <laughs> I acknowledge you as a woman, and I know one day you're going to be a great mom. So why not, if there is an absence, you know, say to your child, like, let's just celebrate fathers in general. Mm -hmm. You know, that one day you'll be able to be with someone who's a, a great father. You mm -hmm. know, let's celebrate your grandfather. Let's celebrate an uncle. Let's celebrate my best friend, who is a guy that one day he'll be, you know, a great father. Not saying yeah. do the whole big shebang, but just something exactly exactly I, I i like that idea quite honestly and let's just be honest like mother's day was just a month ago it really was like are you that <laughs> are you that pressed yes yeah are, are you need the recognition that much the rest of your year going to be ruined if you don't right. get a card right recognizing you as a single mother and i think it gets a little confusing for the children in a lot of ways because then it's like you know Yay, mom! I'll celebrate you on Mother's Day. You're you're like a mom and a dad to me. You've Very done everything true. to me, and I appreciate it. But then, it kind of becomes dismissive, you know, of Very any true. male male positivity. And you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I just personally, you know, I, I just feel, I get it. You know, if you only have that one parent, and you can celebrate them, but I don't think it should be a big call for the nation. Like, hey, mm -hmm. single mom, or just have a single mom's day. I don't yeah. know. And while while single mothers not to get too deeply trenched in the African American community's troubles, because we'll be here all day for that. Not that single mothers are are you know appreciated too much. I think they still don't get the recognition they you know really deserve. But let's be honest, men in our communities a lot of times do not get the recognition that they need and the affirmation they need, especially the good men that are doing what they're supposed to be doing. So it's almost like, let them have their time. Yeah. Let them have their time in the spot. I think also, like, sometimes, I think it's twofold, because in my own personal experience, sometimes men get a little too much, um, I guess, like, affirmation in that, like, mm -hmm. you know, it was a shirt going around that's like, you know, if you're taking care of your child and you're the dad, you're not... You're not taking care. You're not the babysitter. You're not, mm. I'll look after my child. You know, that's that's one thing that's kind of bothered me before. Like, if, you know, I see someone whose father is never there and then mm -hmm. all of a sudden they're there. Like, oh, good job. He came and got his child today and took her to the basketball court. That's what he's supposed to do. Mm. Like, no one's applauding me every day. And not to sound like bitter in any way, but to me... We should we acknowledge that what people are supposed to do, but we don't need to give an extra pat on the back and a sticker for them doing what they should be doing, you know, the whole time. Very true. Very true. And you kinda see that in the um the younger generation growing up now where everyone gets a trophy and there are no winners and losers. Yeah, and I don't even get me started on that because then <laughs> there should be winners and losers. I know we're gonna take a quick music break, um, soon. You know, um, people feel free to share your favorite songs. If not, we'll just kind of yeah, do some favorite random. traditions. Yeah, something. Let's just play some Stevie Wonder, The Ultimate Father. No, let's play um, Luther Vandross, The Ultimate Father. You know, um, <laughs> but, you know, I'm not that person. Yeah. Like when, when Athena goes to play sports, we're not doing everybody's a winner. And I know, like, you know, people might be like, oh, clutch my pearls. But here's why. Because I feel personally that that's sending a negative message mm. um, for life. Mm -hmm. Because if 
if we if we allow for every single thing that she involves in is involved in, you're a winner. Everyone's mm-hmm. wins. There is no scores. Everyone wins, and we just keep applying that. When it comes to to the time, when 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 it comes to the time that she gets in a position where she does lose, mm-hmm. that's gonna be traumatic. Yeah, you gotta learn to lose as much as you have to learn to win. Right. You know, and, and it's you're not going to always win in life. So if you understand that sometimes it's, it's, you're going to lose and then you pick yourself up and you try again and you understand that that could be the next step, then then you're able to better function to me yeah. in society and in life. Yeah. You know, you get your participation sticker, but you understand that's just for you being there. That's <laughs> not for you. You didn't win. You know, and it may sound cruel. I know people be like, oh, my goodness. But for me, like, that's not life. Sometimes you're going to fall. Sometimes you're going to miss the goal. Sometimes you're going to come up short. That's just life. And I don't want that to be a traumatic experience for her Mm -hmm. when she does face that. Very true. I think a lot of times kids are coddled a little too much. You know, they brace for the fall and it's like, come on now. Yeah, they don't even get a chance to fall. It's always like, swoop, I've got you, you know, before anything happens. I've I've heard one quick anecdote. Uh, Someone said, like, when little kids like toddlers are learning to walk and they fall yeah a lot of times the way they're so wonky and like you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and their falls look hard and look yeah. kind of rough and all that but like someone said they're already really close to the ground so it really doesn't hurt it's them not that far yeah and i think that's kind of like and a also lot true of in times life. their reaction is in true to life their reaction is part of the reaction of their environment mm. because for example i think it's the fall all the time and i was just like dang you know i can tell <laughs> if it's a hard fall like yeah, you know yeah. But she would just look and she would get back up and keep it moving. Right. But it's when, and I have little cousins who used to fall all the time and he would lay there and wait because he was so <laughs> used to his mom picking him up yeah. and there's nothing wrong with that, but he it would be more dramatic, you know. Yeah. He would fall uh, and he'd be like, ah, and it really wouldn't be anything. <laughs> so when he started being with me and he fall, I'm like, all right, get up, dust yourself off, shake it off. I do a little, little playful thing like, come on, shimmy, shimmy, shake it off. <laughs> <laughs> and then he actually started doing it on his own. Wow. And, you know, he, she would say to me, I went to pick him up. And he pushed me away and was like, shimmy, shimmy. I'm like, yeah, because it did not hurt him. He was used to being coddled. There's nothing yeah. wrong with coddling your child. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes you kind of got to let them be. You got to let right. them stumble so they can learn to stand up. If, right. if my child always falls and I'm always picking him up, she's never going to learn to stand yeah. on her own. Trust me, I, I know people. Yeah, me too. Very close to home. All right, so next week we're going to be speaking with Andrew Donovan. She's an author and leadership coach. She's going to be joining us to talk about her book, Motivate Yourself, Get the Life You Want, Find Purpose, and Achieve Fulfillment. She's going to be sharing her personal journey and what she went through to overcome things that, you know, what she thought was her societal norms and, you know, the, the thoughts and what her parents and family imposed on her and overcoming and finding a life and speaking up for herself. So she'll be joining us next week um, on the show. Her name is Andrew Donovan. If you want to get ahead of the curve, check her out at www.andrewdonovan.com. This week's guest was Tracy Brame. She joined us to talk about KKK abuse in her book, Undeterred, KKK Target, KKK Witness, which can be found on her website, tracybrame.com. Tracybrame.com. All the news stories and everything that we discussed today can be found on my social media at skykiss s-k-y-k-i-s-s-e-d facebook.com backslash um, s-k-y-k-i-s-s-e-d same thing for twitter and instagram s-k-y underscore k-i-s 3d um and then also if you're interested in emailing me you can always email me at 
theintransitionshow at gmail.com, theintransitionshow at gmail.com. So until next week, I hope you guys have a great Father's Day. You know, honor someone in your life, you know. And again, take the time to shout out and give some love to someone who might not have that fatherly figure. Yeah, happy Father's make Day to my Make new traditions. As well, I want to make sure I give him a shout out. Yeah, because we know he's listening. Yeah. And an extra special shout out to my dad as well. <laughs> until next week. Back when I was a child Before life removed all the innocence My father would lift me high And dance with my mother and me And then spin me around till I fell asleep stairs he would carry me and I knew for sure I was loved if I could get another chance another walk another dance with him I'd play a song that would never ever end how I'd love love to dance with my father again Ooh. When I and my mother would disagree To get my way I would run from her to him just to comfort me, yeah, yeah Then finally make me do just what my mama said Later that night when I was asleep He left a dollar under my sheet Never dreamed that he would be gone from me Her evil.